Hey everyone, Michael Unger here with another episode of Let's Innovate, a BC Science Fair Foundation podcast where we uncover the passion behind great ideas. So what does September mean to you? It's the start of the year for students and teachers, an opportunity for new starts, fresh beginnings, but it's also a seasonal change. Maybe you feel the cooler air, some barometric pressure shifts. Personally, I love this season. My head feels a little clearer and I'm ready to dive into a new season. So September is also the start of Youth Innovation Showcase. The deadline for submissions is September 24th, 2023. But it's also the start of science fair projects, perhaps. So to help with both, we're starting a science club meeting that you can join me and another special guest that I'm going to introduce to you in our next episode. You can join online, get inspired, ask questions, even ask for help. If you're out there and want to get started on a project, maybe you live in a region that doesn't have access to things like the bigger cities do. Our mentorship program is back up and running. So go to sciencefairs.ca, or if you're an adult out there that would love to be a mentor, drop me a line, munger at sciencefairs.ca. Okay, this episode of Let's Innovate, we're going to help you get inspired with a conversation I had with a platinum award winner from the 2023 Canada-wide Science Fair, and that's Andre Marti from Victoria, British Columbia. Andre started with a problem, which just happened to be that he suffered from diabetes. And he combined that with one of his passions, soccer. The results ended with awards. But let's get going. Let's innovate with Andre Marti. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Andre. Tell me, how are you feeling? It's only a few days removed uh, from Edmonton. It was such a great experience for me. What was the experience like for you? Well, overall, I'd say it was just, it was such a great experience meeting all the like-minded scientists that just love diving into STEM projects and trying to have them cover a solution to really difficult problems. Um, I think the fact that I won Platinum is still hitting me and it's going to take take a while longer until until it really sinks in. But Overall, it was a really great experience meeting all the new people, seeing all the projects. It was a really awesome week. Yeah, I really want to hear more about those experiences because I think that's really one of the major benefits of a science fair is the experience of being around all those like-minded scientists, like you just said. But let's hear about your project, Sweet Scores. It was a research study on diabetes. Tell us about your project. So to dive a little bit further into my project... Um, in my project, Sweet Scores, I investigated how different foods affect the blood sugar of a type 1 diabetic, um, as I am a type 1 diabetic, and I love to play soccer. So for my science fair project, I wanted to um, incorporate the three things in my day-to-day life, which for me are science, soccer, and type 1 diabetes. So I ended up titling my project Sweet Scores, and I ended up testing how different food categories affect the blood sugar of a type 1 diabetic while playing soccer. So I compared simple sugars which we find in fruits, against complex carbohydrates, which are often found in breads, potatoes, and proteins, which are often found in meat and cheese, to see which one was best for sustaining my blood sugar. So that was basically the gist of the gist of my project. Yeah. Wonderful. So you're kind of your own test subject here as part of your science fair research. Were you the only test subject or was there anyone else that was helping you along the way? As, as type 1 diabetes, like many other diseases, is really, it's really, it's a, it's a personal disease. It affects everyone differently. Yes, everyone that's type 1 diabetic doesn't have mm-hmm. a functioning pancreas. And yes, everyone that's type 1 diabetic is going to require different amounts of insulin, food, going to do different sports. So specifically for this project, I only focused on myself. 
as I really wanted to find what was best for sustaining my blood sugar during a specific sport, because once I narrowed it down in the future, I can expand upon it onto other people, more bigger groups of people, different sports, and that, that being able to narrow it down and really find a clear, clear solution um, will really help me to dive further as I, I now know the answer to my question. So if you do get into that answer to your question, what did you find out that you didn't know before you started this research project? For sure. Um, so before starting my project, as I'm, as I'm growing, or at least the doctor says I'm growing, um, my blood sugar, <laughs> it's, been, <laughs> it's, it's been really up and down. So I've had a lot of highs, a lot of lows because the amount of insulin yeah. I need is changing. Right. So when I'm playing soccer, especially um, I have this, I have what's called an, an insulin pump. It, it, it's, it's like a metal pancreas pictured as a metal pancreas. What it does is it mm-hmm. has a built-in pump that helps to pump in insulin into my system like the pancreas would. Now, the problem is this pump weighs about a quarter, uh, half, a third of a pound, which, which is quite a, bit of, quite a bit of weight when you're playing soccer, going shoulder to shoulder at a pretty competitive level. Additionally, there's a tube that actually connects to a site on my leg. And this tube is about two and a half feet long. So having this tube on my body while playing soccer is just not realistic. So what I learned was that, well, first off, I needed to find something to control my blood sugar and I couldn't do it with insulin. So I ne- the only thing other thing was food. So what I did was I ended up doing a before test and just seeing how my, my, my average meal, which usually consisted of quite a bit of complex carbohydrates, maybe it would be some pasta, um, maybe a little bit of protein, a bit of, a bit of beef in the sauce, right? But very minimal and maybe some sh- simple sugars such as the tomatoes in the tomato sauce. So that's how I found my three categories as those three categories are found in most of my meals. Um, and I took a before result and on my um, online project board for Youth Science Canada, uh, it, it it shows the change from before I started my experiment when I didn't have knowledge about how these foods affected my body and after. So what I really found out was that what I put into my body half an hour before soccer will change how I play, how I feel, um, how I act as a center midfielder, when, like, distributing the ball. Will I have better, like, like it really, it really changed how my passes were, how I felt and all those things. So what I found out was that my average meal of a lot of complex carbohydrates, simple sugars, minimal protein, just made it so hard for my body to process as what was happening is the insulin didn't have time to act. It acted too slow, too fast for the simple sugars, too slow for the complex carbohydrates, too fast, making my insulin, making my blood sugar levels really um, unsteady. So what I found out by the end was that when eating protein before soccer, a really high, high, high protein diet, such as nuts or eggs or um, cold cut meats, um, or, or even just, even just beans, right? These, these high protein, protein items really helped to keep my blood sugar steady. And that, that was the big takeaway from the project mm. is, is just eating that protein can completely change blood sugar from complete roller coaster to steady. Yeah. Interesting. So you're talking about that roller coaster. <laughs> you're talking about you on that roller coaster and you are your own test subject. So there must have been some challenges along the way that you were encountering as you were undergoing your science for a project, a research project on you as a human <laughs> experiencing this roller coaster. Could you talk a little bit about um, what you felt and some of the challenges along the way with this project? 100%. So, um, the thing about this project is in reality, it was 24 hours. Anything that has anything to do with diabetes is a 24 hour project because diabetes 
it doesn't rest, it doesn't discriminate, it's always there. So the thing about this project was, even if I had a challenge the night before, or I didn't sleep enough, or I got up in the middle of the night to treat a low blood sugar, or my pump is beeping in the background telling me that I'm high or low, no matter what, um, it's, it's always affecting me, whether I'm asleep and I'm not technically testing, um, these, these are all things that, that really add up to the project stress, things like that. Right. So uh, challenges, I have really one good example. Um, about halfway through my project, I was, I was eating a simple sugar drinking in this case. So I made a smoothie, um, to keep it controlled. I only added water and my favorite fruits, um, because adding anything else could like yogurt, things like that, that could add protein, which would mix, which would change results. Um, but by just drinking, the, uh, putting the water and the fruits together, blending it up, it created a, I guess you could say a smoothie wasn't the best, but I actually forgot to bolus, um, or administer insulin. Mm. So as you can probably think this roller coaster was a roller coaster that practice and it was invalid result, but that's just one of the challenges. I went super high. I had to come off the field to give myself insulin. Then with that insulin, I crashed and went low. Another example of that roller coaster have to come off the field for juice when I'm low. So, so all these things, all these challenges were really what we were trying to mitigate because if this happens in a soccer game, I have to come off the field. I don't have a, I don't really have a choice. It's my life. It's, it's my, it's my body. That's telling me, you don't have enough sugar, you have too much sugar, you need to do something, right? So I would say, mm-hmm. yes, there were challenges during my testing um, from half an hour before soccer to one hour after practice ended. But to be honest, the challenges happened in the night. The challenges happened during my tests. The challenges happened when I was stressed. Right. The challenges happened when I was playing football recess with my friends with all that adrenaline pumping, you know? So it's not necessarily during but as a type one diabetic, it's these 24 hour challenges that are constantly occurring throughout the day. Yeah. So I want to talk about the science fair experience now because you're in grade eight. Is this, was this your first science fair experience or had you done previously? Yeah. Great question. So it wasn't my first, my first um, STEM project in grade about, about three or four years ago, just before COVID hit, knock on wood, <laughs> just before COVID hit, we, <laughs> Um, my, my, myself, I did a project and I tested how, how different, uh, stresses affect the blood sugar of a type one diabetic. Of course, it wasn't as okay. in depth as this experiment and it was a school science fair project. Mm-hmm. I got second. It was great, but, um, <laughs> it was for me, it was not the second or the nice poster board I made. It was about the other projects I got to see and all that really. So, so it was, it was, my first was really in, in grade four. I was in grade four and that's when I did my project on how stress affects the blood sugar of a type one diabetic adrenaline versus mental stress. Um, and that, that was really my first science fair. I did another one, uh, last year, uh, online. I didn't end up going anywhere with it because Mm -hmm. I, it just, it was COVID and everything was so down. So I ended up just, just scrapping it. I was testing um, what, what, um, type of glucose was best for treating blood sugar when you're having a low blood sugar. Um, so no, it wasn't my first mm-hmm. science fair, but it was, it was the, the first one that I'd really, I'd really, it gave me a drive to keep going. It was the first project that I'd really loved yeah. and that I really wanted to keep going. And I still want to keep going with it. Yeah. Interesting. So obviously, um, learning more about diabetes has been kind of like, as you say, like your passion, it's your body and you're interested in what's happening inside of your body. And that's kind of been consistent as you get older. And now here you are, you just went to Canada Wide Science Fair and you got platinum. 
talk about that experience. What about that week? As you said, seeing all those other scientists, all those kids that are your age, older than you with so many amazing projects, I was blown away by them. Talk about uh, what that week was like for you. 100%. We leave from, from Victoria, fly to Vancouver, fly into Edmonton, get to the hotel. And the first thing is there's three hotels. If there's three hotels... And the science requires three hotels. You already know there's going to be a lot of people. And at first I'm like, oh my gosh, there's people building telescopes to sense radio waves coming from Jupiter. Okay. There's, there's people trying to solve global warming. There's, Mm -hmm. there's all these projects, hundreds and hundreds of people um, creating these awesome projects. And I'm just like, I tested how foods affect my blood sugar. And it's like, you get nervous, right? Because you're like, you think right away that your project is, you see all these other projects, right? And it makes you nervous until, until you really start to talk with other people. So it was on the second day that we really started to talk. Um, we sit for breakfast as, as team Vancouver Island. And really there's not too much communication between anyone. Everyone's at their own table. And I find this really interesting. Um, as the week moves on, half the people start to go to other tables. Mm-hmm. We start to go to each other's tables for breakfast. Everyone's talking, you know, handshakes are going down. Um, and I think, I think that's, that's the really big thing is just being able to make those connections with other people from all across, all across Canada. I met so many people that I've stayed in touch with emails, phone numbers. And, and I think the big thing is, yes, we learned a lot, um, doing our projects, but I think the other thing is in 10 years, being able to just call that person and just say, you know, Hey, how are you doing? That was so awesome. Like uh, maybe we should, we should you know, say we should get together sometime, you know, just being able to make those connections and, and, and stay, stay close, you know, because, because all these people you meet, you never know what opportunities you'll get. You'll never know. Um, you'll never know if you guys will become friends later on. You never know if you go to the same university. Right. So I think making, being able to make those connections, um, see other people's projects and just Mm -hmm. share, share one idea, the idea of trying to make the world in the end, a better place. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about your experience of your two passions, soccer and science. And soccer is a team sport, right? Like you can't be an individual when you're on the soccer field. It is very much a team sport. But a science fair project can sometimes feel kind of like isolating. You're on your own doing this project. Talk a little bit about what you did to find those supports because there were certainly lots of supports and I'm sure you did along the way. And then when you got to um, science fair there in Edmonton, as you described, um, what were some of the things and some of the people in your life that helped support you? I'll be real. And I'll go out and say this pretty, pretty broadly, but I would say that no one at science fair did their project alone. It's a community, right? The STEM community. It's huge. Again, like everyone there, shares a similar idea, a similar belief um, to try to try and make the world the world a better place, right? So I wouldn't say that anyone there was alone. They, Of course, they did a lot of their own research, but it's like Albert Einstein once said, I can see further because I stand on the shoulder of giants. Maybe Isaac Newton. Isaac Newton, he said, I can see further because I stand on the shoulder of giants, right? So because of the research we did from other people, you know, findings, we were able to, we were able to get to where we were, right? My mom, dad, Grandpa, granny, driving me to soccer, being able to take me to the practices, my teacher, uh, my librarian, helping me to make my poster look as nice as it could. Um, my, 
my classmates proofreading work. We proofread each other's work, right? It's that community. It's that, you know what? Hey, I'm going to, do you mind looking over my work? I'd really like to read yours. Oh, that's awesome. Right. Just being able to, being able to <laughs> be part of that community. And when, when you are, it really almost feels like a huge family. Wonderful. Well, speaking of community, let's end this conversation off with some advice that you might give to future science fair participants, because they may they may be listening to this. Uh, they want to hear from someone who won an award. What would you tell those people that are about to go through this process? There's a few things for sure that I'd um, I'd, I'd suggest. I, I, I first of all, I don't think more is necessarily better. So I'll just I'll keep it to three. Um, better to try to improve on one than try to improve on 10, right? So I'd say number one, anyone can do it. Whether you love football, whether you love reading, whether you love um, computer technology, anyone can make a science fair based on their passion. So I would say the first thing is make a science fair project that connects to your passions. If you don't, you're not going to really have a drive. You're not going to have a motivation. Do something that you say, oh, hey, I get to go play football and learn something while I'm doing it, right? So I'd say that's number one is create a project that's based on your passions, connected to your passions. Number two, make sure that you're reaching out. If you're ever stuck during a science fair project, don't 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 give up. Don't say, oh, you know what? My first trial, it didn't work. My results, they didn't match my hypothesis. I don't know why it happened, right? The key is to write all your notes down, figure out what, figure out what happened. Sure. Maybe you don't understand, complete another trial, do another one, do another one, repeat your steps, see, Oh, well I did it five times and it happened the same every single time. So I'd say the second is failure or failure or, or trial and error is it's not bad. It's, it's not just because it didn't work the first time. Doesn't mean you should stop. I would say the most important thing is to realize what went wrong and move forward with it. And the last thing is, have fun doing what you're doing. Yes, you're going to learn a lot. Yes, it's going to take a lot of work and research. And I'd say the big thing for number three is it's going to take sacrifice. You're not going to be able to just complete a wonderful science fair project. Um, that's an that's a great award-winning project if 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 you have plans every single weekend to go over your friends. It's it's realistically not going to happen. Yes, it's great to have fun with your friends and play and do all those wonderful things. And I think that's why incorporating it with your passion is great. But I think one big thing is you got to be willing to make those sacrifices saying, Hey, you know what, man, I'll hang out with you next weekend, but I'm just going to spend an hour or two doing my science for this weekend. Or, Hey, maybe you can come over and we can, we can bounce some ideas off each other, bounce some ideas back and forth to see if we come up with a new project idea. Right. So I think sacrifice, um, don't give up and connect your passions. Yeah. Awesome. Great stuff, Andre. Thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy week. Uh, congratulations yeah, on awesome. winning <laughs> um, at the Canada-wide Science Fair this year. I hope to speak to you again. Thank you so much for joining us on Let's Innovate. Thank you so much, Michael. Have a great rest of your night. Awesome. And thank you all to you uh, listening to this. If you would like to share this podcast, share Andre's story. He's such a passionate uh, science fair participant who um, wants to change the world. And if you're out there and want to change the world, please share this podcast with someone. And if you have any questions about how to enter next year's science fairs, you can go to our website, sciencefairs.ca. You can email us. You can email me if you like, uh, munger at sciencefairs.ca. All right, folks, that's the end of this year podcast. Until next time, let's innovate.